this game or the Tennessee game would be the sort of game that five years ago or seven years ago I'd be freaked out about a little bit mm-hmm. just because a team we're clearly better than, a team that is um, coming off a high off a big win against a hated rival, Florida this time, and um, losing focus a little bit. Uh, the good news is is that this team doesn't show a propensity to lose focus. Uh, the great news is is that I think our coaching staff is really good at preventing them from losing focus. Yeah. Right. This is what this is what we hired Kirby Smart for. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you were listening to episode 289 of the Wait and Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Tony Waller. Our other co-host, Will Leach, had a couple things come up and was unfortunately not able to join us for this Georgia versus Missouri preview show. So Tony and I had to take the next man up mentality and do the show as a duo instead of a dynamic trio for what it's worth. (laughs) Nevertheless, we finish up some thoughts and analysis on last week's cocktail party down in Jacksonville and look forward to the Dogs versus the Tigers this coming Saturday at noon. And towards the end of the show, we do touch on some interesting historical statistics that the Georgia football team is quickly closing in on. We make our picks for the big national and SEC games of the week, and we even allow ourselves to talk about the Braves and what might or might not be as they try to close out the World Series in Houston. So sit back and enjoy. Here's episode 289. Uh, well, welcome, everybody. This is Tony Waller. You're listening to the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. Um, with your duo. With your duo. Uh, regretfully, Will had to beg off tonight. We're recording on Monday night. Uh, we decided last week that if the Braves were still playing in the World Series, we'd go Monday night instead of Tuesday night. Um, so, uh, but regretfully, Will had some things going on that uh, got in the way of being here. Uh, he still loves all of you individually very much, but I uh, couldn't be here. Um, I think he just couldn't bring himself to talk bad about Missouri. Honestly, <laughs> I think that's the problem. Uh, so you're, I'm here with, uh, with Scott. I think I, I should go ahead and say this and so save Scott from having to do it in the bumper. Uh, we are sponsored by the pine, the root and El Barrio I had the chance to go to El Barrio right. last week. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I had a chance to go to El Barrio last week. Uh, we had uh, some kids stuff, so we went out and sat and watched people play uh, cornhole and did a little putting around and, and ate some tacos out watching traffic go by on Village Avenue. It was a so great it was you game. and Kristen and the kids? Uh, me, Kristen, and Katie, and then Maggie joined us when she got done with her stuff. Um, so what'd you order? Um, I ended up getting uh, the the shrimp tacos and the um, the chicken. Um, Samita? Samita, oh. yep. Good stuff. Good I, stuff. I mean, anybody that's listening to this podcast knows that's really the only thing I mentioned. It's one of those things where I'm disappointed when I go there because I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to try something different, and then I never do. Well, if you've listened to me talk, you know I am a huge fan of the gorditas, but uh, I just wanted something different this time. Uh, so I went after it, and I also got a little cucumber salad. Don't don't judge me for that. I do like some fresh mm-hmm. fresh cucumber onions, a little bit of rice wine vinegar, and it was uh, it was good stuff. It was a little, nice little balance there with the the fried. Yeah, it could get a little heavy if you don't balance that thing. Well, that's that's not normally my thing. I just was kind of in the place where I was like, ah, eat some vegetables for a change, um, as, as opposed to what's just put on top of my taco. Uh, sat out and had a had a nice cold. Um, I got a saw, and I don't normally drink beer, but it felt like it was the right spirit of things to have a beer sitting watching. Did you get a lime in it? I did not. I, I see I, any of those kind of cervezas. I'll definitely put a lime in it. Yeah, for some reason, I, I'm not a fan of the lime in them. Uh, I'll do it if I'm. What in, if you're doing a tequila shot? Do you do a lime? Well, yeah, of course. Um, I think the terms of my agreement say I can't do tequila shots, but I'm, <laughs> I have to go back and read that. It's been, it's been a couple it's, years. Well, the statue might have run. Um, so. 
Scott, I, I would like to kick us off because you did not get to join us on the Saturday podcast. Right. I'm sorry, the Sunday podcast. I know you and I share a mutual hate of Florida. Um, I'm curious kind of what you thought about the game. I know you got mm-hmm. to watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were watching it. Uh, a big group of friends of ours were watching it. And, you know, it was, it was pretty standard. Um, you know, the dudes and the, the ladies, the kids were outside, and, and all the husbands and wives were pacing. And I, I, I had not sat down. Um, in fact, somebody told me to cheer up, you know, throughout the first quarter. But, you know, when, when Jack Pod missed that kick, if you know the history of Georgia, Florida, a bad outcome for Georgia, there's usually a missed kick historically. Um, you know, with that happening so early, uh, you know, I started munching a little bit, a little pessimism. I was also just wrecked because I knew it was going to be game five of the, the World Series. So I just, it was like nothing was, was fun for me at that point. But then when Florida then reciprocated the missed kick in the first quarter, and sure, the game was scoreless. Right, nature's the healing. First quarter, right, nature's healing yeah. in that way. Yeah. yeah, nature was healing. Um, so I was like, okay, that, that cancels it out, and it brought me back up. Um, so if you had like a little tracker on me, you know, like those uh political polling things when they're reviewing a speech, you know, you've seen those things on the news. Well, then then my arrows would have been pointed up after he missed the kick. But um, no, I was I was fine. You know, I thought y'all's analysis was good. I thought Stetson was nothing more than pedestrian. Um, I. If he's going to throw interceptions, I prefer the arm punt interception. <laughs> That's the one thing that that he's shown historically all season that that long throw. Now, in, sure, in he made double it, coverage. He, yeah, yeah, and he made he made that to McConkey, but it was a great read against Auburn. He was wide open hitting the post route, but it seems like this corner of the end zones where it's almost but it's baffling because the throw to Jackson was beautiful and perfect. Yeah, that was a dime. Um, you know, they, I, it's interesting you brought up the missed field goal because I, I've seen a couple other people say this. I'm certainly not the first person. It's not an original thought. But um, that first half up until we scored 21 quick points had all the makings of many, many other Georgia-Florida games where we've gone down Absolutely. there, we fiddle-farted around, mm-hmm. had uh, a lot of opportunities to, to, to kind of stick a dagger in them, at least on some level. And just missed them, right? I, I, I went back and I didn't spend a whole lot of time, but I went back and, and reviewed a couple of plays just to see if I remember the way it was. I think the thing that struck me in the moment, maybe it's close to Miss Phil Gold, but we moved the ball better in the first half than they did. Um, I, I think you, um, I think any rational minded person would have looked at that and seen that Georgia was, um, I, clearly better is not the right way of putting it, but better enough, uh, mm-hmm. than Florida. Uh, but the difference is the, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and this, say it. We this, all know what you're saying. This might this might put us in the this might put us to get us to talk about Dan Mullen. Difference of the talent, right? Um, he uh, that that Nolan Smith uh, he baited him into that interception. That is that's pure and that was I, Dean. I mean Dean, not Nolan Smith. Um, Nicobe Dean. I, I think what the thing I most liked about it is that uh, Kirby was quick to to point out Saturday about the players, the talent, and that sort of thing. That's also coaching, right? Yeah. He had watched that play. And listen, Richardson, there's not a lot of game tape on Richardson, but he had watched – they had shown that play enough to Florida. When when Richardson looked out there, saw he had a running back and it, basically your corner cover is a linebacker. His first thought is, that's who I'm throwing to. Well, he basically baited him by playing him seven yards off, and he broke on the throw. And literally the the receiver had no idea. He, he, was, he thought he was mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And – um. It's that sort of play, just that sort of preparation, talent, and um, scheme that just really made the difference in that game. 
And it felt bizarre because we have been to so many of those games down there where it's been the opposite, right? Where we come in thinking, okay, we got, we have everything going in our favor and we go down there and get out coached by Ron Zook or go down there and get out coached by Urban Meyer many times, right? And it was, uh, it was heartening to me. Uh, it was heartening to me to hear Kirby talk about the recruiting as because he had an opportunity to crow. Um, do you think he was setting up Dan Mullen for his press conference? I mean, if he's playing that, that sort of four-dimensional chess, that's amazing. <laughs> but um, it felt a little bit like it in hindsight, right? It, it did. It did. And it also felt like that I would not have been surprised had he, had he tried to go for another uh, score right at the end. Uh, it felt that way. <laughs> Yeah, I think we probably could have. I, that's something that Georgia has shown a propensity uh, for for not doing. Um, so, but in case you missed it, Dan Mullen today during his press conference uh, was asked about recruiting, and his quote was, and I'm paraphrasing here, was, um, "Screw off! I'll talk about recruiting we're, during we're recruiting in time. Season, we're in season. Right we're talking about season stuff." Well, and then he literally like shut the reporter down who tried to ask a follow him. He's like, "Next question," and then like literally got up. Not shortly thereafter, I'm pretty shortly thereafter, and left. And um, Florida's now called a media clamp all week. Uh, called so, a lid. Yeah, they, they literally put a lid on. I mean, Mullen will be available for his SEC media availability on Wednesday, but uh, the normal time of talking to Todd Grantham about emotional blitzing won't happen tomorrow. Uh Literally, there won't be an opportunity to talk to them uh, other than the SEC media availability until after the, their game on on Saturday. So um, they're four and four. They're two and or no, they're seven and nine. What, what was what's the record in their power five last power? Oh, power it's five. something stupid like Some, two and nine. Two and nine. Yeah. Um, it, we've seen things happen before. Now this isn't a Jim McElroy. He hadn't made up a a, a story yet yeah, about yeah. Our, he hasn't <laughs> about getting threats. I mean, he might want to hump a shark. It might be a good call. I mean, just something to divert the attention. But we've seen it before, not only with Florida, but really the knee jerk reaction throughout college football is this is. I don't think I think Dan Mullen will coach the rest of the season. I think he'll probably be there a couple more years. But is there something that could happen? Yeah, I, <laughs> or is is are these are these uh, is there smoke and because there's fire? It's a fair question. I, I think the if I had to bet, I would say that um, either Dan Mullen threw a sucker in the dirt and said, "I'm not talking to me anymore this week." I think that's a good point. Or somebody went to him and said, "You don't need to talk to media right now." But you're just damaging yourself and the brand. Well, Let's focus on football. Even me, who, sure, I talk about football on a podcast, but I don't know uh, you know, a percentage of what I would need to know to be a, a college football coach. Even I know that recruiting happens throughout the season. It, I mean, why do you think that there's this big, big contention about having Georgia, Florida not be on campus because Kirby can't host recruits and recruit them? I mean, the, the, the answer that Mullen gave, maybe the SID was like, Dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I mean, I think there's a charitable way to read that to say, I don't want to talk about recruiting right now because things aren't going well. But that's not what you say, right? Right, You you have to have more media savvy than that to simply say, you know, of course, we're recruiting as hard as we can. We want good things to happen recruiting-wise. We love the players we have. We're going to get great recruits, and we're we're just battling through. And just leave it at that, right? Because you don't have to have a follow-up question. There are 95 different ways to answer that question. Jimmy Lake made a, like a long exposition this afternoon in his press conference uh, because somebody asked him to try to compare his recruiting with Oregon's, right? And Mario Cristobal sitting the ball of the park recruiting-wise, and he's getting that team close. It's not quite there. Uh, but he came up with this answer about like, well, we don't, we really recruit acad- yeah, academic kids. Like we're, are, are, we're competing against Notre Dame and Stanford. And, and it's like, that is, 
that's not the, when you're asked to compete, first off, what you're saying is like, if Oregon's recruiting you, you're dumb, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Oregon's recruiting you and we're not recruiting, you're dumb. Also, you're also saying we're going to lose kids to Oregon. We can't do anything about it. And that has, I think that's got to concern Florida fans more than anything else. It's like, look, it's clear Georgia's whipping everybody's ass pretty much, but Alabama's and there are, there are years where Georgia is also beating Alabama. Um, but Florida's biggest problem, and this is something that, that would have, um, frankly, I think this is one of the reasons why Mark Rick's no coach here. It's like Florida's in a down period. And they had a couple down periods before where recruiting was not great. Um, and we didn't take advantage. And we didn't take advantage. Right. And that it is now interesting to see basically what you're seeing Dan Mullen doing, uh, what Mark Rick didn't do is instead of taking the bait and getting mad about something that he maybe had control of, maybe didn't, um, you know, he, um, I mean, the closest Mark Rick came was his in, in the arena comment. Uh, that would have been 08, 09, somewhere in there. Um, but, Anytime you like Dan Mullen's known to be prickly, right? And and he showed that last year. Um, Dan Mullen's biggest problem is he is still he still has a mindset that he's in Mississippi State. And Florida fans are willing to do that when you're boxing the nose of Alabama, or if they had been super competitive in Georgia, right? It, had that been a had that been 34-31 and Georgia scores late to win, or oh you know, sure, right? Yeah. That the narrative's been, different, right? You might get away with that, but literally acting like a jackass to the media because you don't like the question when you're now four and four, when you've blown leads and you have burnt all the goodwill of last year's very good team. And also the goodwill of taking Alabama to the, to the limit uh, is just really not the right place to be. That's a very long way of saying, I don't think they're going to fire him. I, I hadn't looked at his contract, but I, that's a really hard thing for me to imagine. I don't know. Gary Patterson got fired this week. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Right? He's there uh, 20 years. Yeah, 20, 20 years. It looks like Scott Frost may be fired soon. Look, Chip Kelly might be fired soon. Uh, so, you know, this, this, this has the potential to be a really funky coaching carousel year when we went in thinking, eh, pretty much everybody in the SEC is safe. Um, well, there's already two top 10 jobs open right yeah, now, yeah. LSU and USC. Yeah. And so maybe Florida, is it Scott Strickland? There's so Scott many, Strickland. There's yeah, so many Scott, Scott Str- yeah. Stricklands in this. Not the baseball coach. <laughs> maybe he's sitting there thinking like, yeah. don't, you know we what? don't we'll, need to compete, We'll play right? this out. Uh, oh, I think there are definitely changes coming defensively, which which breaks my heart because I do love a, a Todd Grantham coach at one of our rivals. Uh, Shane Beamer, he's available or will be available. Um, so... That is, uh, you think Shane Beamer goes to Virginia Tech when Fuente gets fired? I don't. I would if I were him. Um, so, you know that to get to get back to the Florida thing though, and, and maybe we can wrap put a bow on the Florida game. There is that. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule, but you have to think that they have a good potential to win out, right, and, and go into bowl season eight and four. Does that? change the narrative after losing close to Alabama, getting blown out by Georgia, losing to Tennessee. I'm sorry, losing to Alabama, Kentucky, losing to LSU, uh, LSU who fired the coach the week after. Um, that's a, that's harder for me to say. Um, 
I want him to coach there forever, and I I am here to publicly make amends that I stood on the Marta uh, platform after losing to BYU. Nope, Boise State. Losing to Boise yep. State in those awful jerseys. Uh, pondering aloud whether Dan Mullen would come to Georgia, and I'm here to publicly make amends for that. Uh, I I am a I'm, I'm a big believer in reconciliation and, and confessing your sins, and I've just done so. I, I pray for your forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we leave Florida. Good friend of mine, neighbor of mine, uh, Jason Nesbitt, who played uh, for Jim Donnan. Um, he he texted me. He's a listener to this podcast, so shout out to Jason. He texted me something uh, shortly after the game. He knows my love for numerology, I guess, or numbers and how things worked. And he came up with something that was fascinating to me uh, based around N'Kobe Dean's pick six. He says the score was 17 nothing. There were 17 seconds left in the second half. There were 17 seconds left on the play clock. Freudian slip. There was seven. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to call Dan Mullen names, but yes, I can. 17 seconds left on the play clock when the ball was snapped, and Dean wears number 17. And he sent me screenshots. That's so, hunting so, over bait for you. To right? make, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, so I had to make sure it was all that was correct, and I was actually trying to find more ways to. Working the number seventeen, but it's just one of those fun things that I know. I not only got a. Did text. that touch? I make it seventeen nothing. I made it twenty four nothing. Right? No, it was seventeen nothing. Oh, is that already cool seventeen yeah. nothing? Okay. And twenty four is divided by never mind. Um, <laughs> but that, that's what I appreciate. You know, with the with our listeners, like not only Jason texting me, I've got something later where a guy today sent me uh, a DM on Twitter about some. Uh, historical Georgia numbers and every, or actually real time Georgia numbers, you know, with, uh, with historical, let's put it, how am I going to put it and tease it? Uh, just some very historical references, I guess you could say. So I'll get to that, uh, later when, after we finish the Missouri preview. So, uh, so yeah, this will be the, uh, 10th, no, 11th all time meeting between Georgia and Missouri. It's the, you know, I mean, if you have listened to this podcast since, since we've been starting, you know, I'm not a fan of playing Missouri. I've, I never have been. The, also, the fact that they're in the SEC East. I grew up in an age where the Falcons and the Braves played in the NFC West, and that always drew that, that always drove me crazy. So, uh, if you're going to call it West and East, then make it you know work out that way. But uh, but I digress on that. This will be uh, Missouri coming into Athens. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much of an underdog they are. I haven't seen the number. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. Uh... SEC line I can ever remember Georgia having. Yeah, because what was Vanderbilt? It was 34 uh, thirty four or something season? like that. Yeah, it's wow. this is a cra- it's a crazy line. I think the over under is fifty nine, so the implied score is like forty nine to eleven, right? <laughs> or forty nine ten. So, yeah, forty nine ten. <clears throat> so um, I'm not foreshadowing with my pick, but that is uh, that's a crazy number. I mean, they, listen, we have. For the certainly the length of this podcast, and we've talked about the crazy Alabama lines, I, and I, I hope you forgive me for for harping on this, but it's Alabama ask, right? We are in the place we're in the place where Alabama has occupied for at, at least this season. We're in the place where Alabama's occupied for the for the past near future of SEC, uh, past near past of sec football right uh, since, certainly since 2012 and um it feels awesome i, I i'm not afraid to admit that you know i, I got a text from um our, our friend matt adair uh, so i text him so like, how do you do this he's like well he said enjoy hmm. this year right yeah. because um first off it'll never be better because 
if you win it this year, you'll live in existential dread over the loss and what that means. Uh, I'm constantly worried that it end, it's going to end soon. Um, I am here to say that, and, and I say this in you know open eyes about uh, my time in Jacksonville, uh, my time after the game in Jacksonville, my, my plane flight back and, and talking to people at the airport. And, uh, um, I'm enjoying this so much. It is so fun. It is... Um, it's weird not being freaked out about a game. Like I went into, I went into Florida. Um, I, you know, if, if you listen to my pick, I did not think Georgia would cover. I, I picked Florida to, to get within 13 uh, or 13 points. So the, the line was 14 or something, 14, 15. Um, that's the first time this season. If you paid attention that I picked Georgia to not cover. Uh, and it never felt even when it was three, nothing that I, I never felt like it was going to be, anything other than a Georgia win. Now there was time in, in the second quarter, uh, probably right after Stetson's interception where I thought, okay, this is going to be a 13, three slog fest of 13, seven slog fest where we're going to be on pins and needles at the end, but it's not really going to feel like a game that we should have been that close. Um, I listen, Connor Basilek is a, he is a perfectly serviceable quarterback for Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, Tyler Batty is a, a good running back for Missouri the drop off after those two, those are the only two guys I can think of immediately that would would even remote scoring play, and, and Baslick wouldn't either, right? It would right. merit playing time at Georgia. Um, and Tyler Batty would be fifth, <laughs> maybe. The talent disparity here is incredible, and um, I'm not going to engage in the quarterback conversation other than say this. I trust Todd Monken and Jeff, and, and uh, not and Jeff Monken. I trust him. I uh, <laughs> Todd Monken and Kirby Smart to make the right decision. Frankly, I think we see JT, JT Daniels this week a lot uh, because if, especially if we jump out to a big lead, where I I, I I don't know if you saw Kirby's comments today about the consistency in the in the other dimension that um, Stetson gives by being able to run the ball. I think we're going to be able to run the ball all we want against Missouri. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, Florida was really the first game where we saw our running backs have explosive runs, especially Zamir's long. I mean, that's got to be the longest run of the season, his touchdown run. Yeah, I think that's – Because previously it was Stetson's run versus Auburn. Was it? I thought we had a 30, we, we, that, that was 30-something yarder against Kentucky. That was the but, first run of the season where he took it to the house. Yeah, I think that taking it to the house is the thing. And that, think about that. That's what the, the eighth game of the season uh, of a team that you just described as being Alabama-esque. It's the first play, and it was only 40 yards, where yeah. we had a running back house. that We've had that in years past, but didn't have the defense or the overall team concept to really be able to, I guess, you know, take advantage of that talent. But, you know, I mean, I don't understand um, the back and forth. Or actually, there, there isn't a back and forth uh, with the quarterbacks. I was expecting, uh, wholly expecting, uh, you know, second half, especially after the 21-point barrage at the end of the, the first half, to, to see JT. And then I was kind of, because people were asking me, I was like, well, we'll see him in the fourth quarter. Um, but it never, it never materialized. So I agree with you. I do think that... I think Stetson gets the start against Missouri just because that's where it lies. And Kirby made it very clear that that's his, that's his, that's QB one right now. Yeah. But I mean, maybe like we saw against South Carolina was where Stetson came in in the third series. I could see that maybe working in, but I don't really care. You know, I mean, I I feel, I feel for JT if he's healthy, but um, you know, I don't want to, I'm glad I'm not the coach, but I don't really have an opinion. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's where I stand too. It, it's interesting um, the gamemanship too that Kirby gets to play, right? Um, True. Yeah, and it's not. Well, something... it's good that they both have different, like they have different capabilities. Yeah, and yeah. so I mean, I, I think if you look at it from the coach's perspective, it's like, okay, I I always work on the assumption the coaches want to win as much as I do, probably more. I also know that they have more information available than I do. Um, and that is always an interesting dynamic. And I think a lot of us Georgia fans are bruised because of the Fatal Bowda experiment mm-hmm. and um, some, some other decisions. Um, I, and please don't at me about from versus fields. That's, that's been so litigated that I'm not even willing to entertain a conversation about it. But the reality is it's like, I mean, you you have a defense that is um, literally holding teams under under six points a game, um, and if you're looking at this from a coach's perspective, it's like if I have a quarterback that I know can score me points, um, and the team trusts him, and I also have a dynamic, I have the ability to have a, a second rushing back or third rushing back, depending on a running back, how many depending on how many running backs we have, what personnel you're in. Why not go with that? And that doesn't mean that you're seeding the deep passes. It doesn't mean you're seeding anything. It just means that right now, uh, Monken and Smart feel like Bennett gives them the best option to win. And if and when that changes, that's when we'll see JT. Now, having said that, I still think JT Daniel plays in this game. Uh, do not be surprised if we get out to a big lead and we see Daniels come in. I, I feel a little bad for Missouri because I have a feeling if Daniels comes in, he's not handing the ball off. No, um, no. I think we will see. Uh, we might not bomb it, but we're going to see a fair number of um, passing options for JT to, to get to knock some rust off. Um, defensively, my goal is to – Shut out Missouri. Uh, I, 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 I think really about that. think about. I, I was thinking the same thing. The and, shutout. The, sh- and the fact that that's who's in the now, shutout last week hurt me. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I think I think everybody too would admit that when they went on that long, you know, the arm punt in the yeah. second half, and they went on a long drive, similar to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, similar similar to uh, South Carolina uh, at the end of the game. You know, um, I th- I think that that's that's kind of the standard now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Just shut them out. That's crazy to think of. My head's exploding just thinking about it. But this it's the standard. Yeah. To be elite. Yeah, to be elite. Um, so you're getting to yet another noon game. Um, I, I, yeah, how did that happen? It was the three-way. It was the six-day hold. Did six Auburn day, screw it up, like you said? Yeah, Auburn screwed it up by winning. So if uh, Ole Miss had won. Yeah, if Ole Miss wins, I think I think Georgia will play the night game. And Auburn, te- uh, Texas A&M would have been the earlier game. Uh, but with both of those teams being ranked on sure. the ESPN makes sense. of the night game, um, it still bums me out just because this is my last home game because I'll be on a cruise the day of Charleston Southern. Uh, and I, uh, you know, we have, I think we've showed up and showed out for, for noon games. I think we'll, the crowd will be loud and there just because still the number one team in the nation. And I think, you know, it, it's interesting. I remember, um, against Clemson when Gurley took that, that touchdown uh, mm-hmm. on the kickoff back. I turned to my wife and said, we're watching a Heisman, can- watching a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I, obviously, I was wrong about that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I still think he had that potential, right? And we are watching a historic defensive team and a historic Georgia team, and I think people are going to show up and want to see that. Yeah, it's appointment television or trying to get into the game. And here's the cool thing. Like, get in price is much more affordable. Uh-huh. So some people, you know, with the with the tickets that were 
skyrocketing for Arkansas and Kentucky. Um, you know, and combine that with the fact that Braves tickets were fourteen hundred dollars to get in. <laughs> one hundred thirty, one hundred forty bucks seems like a deal to come see the number one team play in uh, college football. Yeah. So uh, as the game gets played, um, I think the main thing you want to keep in mind is that Vanderbilt ran on this team a lot. Um, yeah, I looked at the score. They they were Vandy was up in this game. Yeah, early. Yeah. Um, Missouri, I, they turned a corner at some point, and not in a good way. They they had a couple of good games early, um, and then defensively they have just regressed. Um, I, somebody asked me about Eli Drinkowitz if I thought he was long for Missouri. I, I think he's a good coach. I think he has. I mean, they did land the the the, the top wide receiver in the next year's class in Luther Burden. He's from St. Uh, Louis. He hadn't signed yet. He hadn't signed, right? But still, that's a that's a huge. Even to have him post on his Twitter and Instagram that he's going there, it's a huge get, a huge win from Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri. Um, so, you know, I they have they have potential that they operate on a a, a a cool niche for for what they are. I mean, they're they're easily the most uh, Big Ten's probably the not right way looking at it, the most Midwestern team uh, in the SEC. Uh, and as SEC expands, that is a um, not insignificant part of two things. First off, their recruiting um, their recruiting plan, and two, uh, remember every player they get from somewhere in the Midwest is a player not going to Iowa or Ohio State or, for that matter, Texas and Oklahoma, which we have to start thinking about soon. Uh, and, Scott, we haven't really talked about Texas and Oklahoma. Um, it's going to be interesting to me to see the next – couple of months how that plays out uh, as the Big 12 wraps their season up. It looks like Oklahoma's going to end up playing probably Baylor um, but just because you know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have to play each other but Oklahoma has a game in hand on Oklahoma State right but now. But if, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma then it would be a rematch? Uh, it'd probably be a, it would be a rematch I think because Oklahoma is beating they, Baylor. They, they just have 10 teams even though they're the Big 12 and they just take the top two. Top two play. There's no, yeah. there's no divisions there's or no anything divisions, like that. That's right. So um, they would that would just be a, a rematch the next week. Um, so who, who who does Baylor have a loss? Are they undefeated in conference? Didn't they lose to BYU or something like that? Oh, I thought Baylor lost to Oklahoma. I don't. Okay, I don't. We'll, have, we'll have Chad look that up. Okay. Um, so the yeah the you know as we get into that whole um, you know the oh my gosh I guess the rankings are coming out as we talk right is it or is it tomorrow night? It's tomorrow. Oh yeah. So, so what do you think they'll be? Because I've, I've seen – now, we've got Cincinnati ranked number two in the AP poll, but most people that I've read think that they're going to be five or six, which, in my opinion, is probably the right right move because mainly strength of, strength of schedule because, I mean, they played Tulane last week. And so they're not they're not going to get any kind of bonus points. Maybe, maybe they'll get like a little bump for SMU, but, I mean, you're talking Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State – uh, that are going to be up in there, and yeah, so I think it's no doubt Georgia's who's one. The other? Oh, yeah, um, even Oregon. Yeah, I, so it's going to be if if I had to guess, I would say it's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State in that order. It's, yeah, I think it's, it's I think it might be you flip flop Oregon out for. Um, but Oregon beat Oklahoma. Ohio State, so um, I think Oklahoma. They're undefeated. Oh, I'm sorry. I I said Oklahoma. I I, I meant I said Alabama. I meant Oklahoma. Um, Alabama will be fifth since '96. Is what I think. See, um, I think it's going to be Georgia one, Alabama two, Oklahoma three, and uh, Ohio State four. 
I think it's going to be pretty much, you know, the blue bloods. Yeah. I, you know, minus I, Cl- Georgia. I, I, I don't say you put Ohio State over Oregon with the head to head on the road in, in Columbus. That's, that's a tough, that's okay. a heavy lift. Um, but either they're, way, they're ranked ahead of them in the polls. Yeah, that I, I still think it's a heavy lift. Um, but you know that at this point is still academic, right? This is just TV. This is TV show right now. Um, Cincinnati although, Bros are gonna be really upset. They're gonna, yeah, you think they're gonna be? They, they'll start getting on our nerves like Central Florida Bros did. What back in twenty seventeen? Well, I mean, I think I think they the, feel like they deserve I, it. I think the main thing that I will say that uh, the difference between uh, Central Florida Bros and, and Cincinnati Bros, Cincinnati went on the road and beat Notre Dame. True. Uh, uh, Central Florida beat Memphis, South Florida. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you know, it 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 makes for interesting, and that's that's the main thing. It's like it makes for interesting, whatever. But um, I'm right now focused on Georgia playing in the Cotton Bowl. Or the Orange Bowl, right? So that so the the best way we can do that is to make sure that we keep winning, right? If we go, it's hard to imagine the way things stand today. So if you think about it this way, um, Ohio State has one loss. Uh, either they or Michigan State will represent the um, or likely to represent the the East. I forgot all about Michigan State. They're yeah, I, I still think Michigan okay, State. I have be no. Below I'll go on record saying I have no idea what the top four will be. Michigan State. Michigan State will still be below that group. Really? Uh, I think. I think Michigan State would be behind Ohio State. Um, so, but either Ohio State or Michigan State will play in the uh, Big Ten Championship uh, versus Wisconsin Minnesota. I don't know. I mean, I was lost five games now or whatever it is. Um, so, you know. That means an undefeated Georgia going into the SEC championship is, and unless they're it's, a lock, yeah, I guess they're a lock, right? And, and it's, it's a little early to say that. One, it's a little early to say that, just because there's some other things that probably need to happen. But I'm sitting here thinking, are there one loss teams that would get in, or the undefeated teams uh, that would get in in front of Georgia? Outside of the power team, so well, what you're really saying is, will Cincinnati get in as fourth over Georgia? That's hard to say, um, but so Georgia loses probably to Alabama in the SEC championship. But that's where it's where we're going. I don't see how you keep Georgia out absent an undefeated Ohio State, an undefeated Oklahoma, um, and a one loss Oregon that stops playing with their food today right um with you know their their one their no crap their loss was a bad stanford team right. so yeah i i yeah at this point it's really hard to see so just one quick thing getting back to the the missouri, missouri the missouri <laughs> game um as you can tell we're a little scattered about the missouri game um this game or the Tennessee game would be the sort of game that five years ago or seven years ago I'd be freaked out about a little bit mm-hmm. just because a team we're clearly better than, a team that is um, coming off a high off a big win against a hated rival, Florida this time, and um, losing focus a little bit. Um, the good news is is that I this team doesn't show a propensity to lose focus. Uh, the great news is is that – I think our coaching staff is really good at preventing them from losing focus. Yeah. Right. This is what this is what we hired Kirby Smart for. Yeah. This is what we hired Kirby Smart for. You know, for. I was watching the noon games on Saturday and you know, I was watching Michigan, Michigan State. I was seeing Iowa just do nothing against Wisconsin. Oh, they turned the ball over nine times. They turned it over at the one yard line and then Wisconsin punches it in. And I can't explain the way that my mind was thinking, but it was almost like I was sitting back 
completely overly confident watching these other teams saying, Georgia, this isn't even fathomable. 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 How do you say that? Fathomable. It's unfathomable for Georgia to even be in that situation. And it goes back to what you had said about 20 minutes ago, where when at the end of the first quarter, uh, even when it was 3 nothing. What is it? It's like how we've how we been playing Auburn for the past 10 years where we beat them 14-7. to 7. You thought, hey, it's going to be one of those games where you beat Auburn 14-7, to 7, but guess what? Looking back, you were never nervous. That's exactly what I thought. And when I was watching these other teams, it was almost like I was having a flashback moment to Georgia circa 2015, 2014, you know, really all those Mark Rick years or early Kirby years of 2016 where – you're white knuckling it. You're you're redlining it on the accelerator, and you're going. A curve is coming up, and you don't know if you're going to be able to take it, or if you're going to go careening off the hill. Yeah, and so thinking back about it, I I wouldn't exactly call the Florida game a clunker because of how the defense played, right? But the it's first half it's, was. But it's not a clunker because of the faith as a fan you have in that defense, right? So, and, and what I was about to say is, I I think I should give Todd Grantham some credit. His game plan for for basically telling, saying, all right, Setson, you're going to beat me. And also you're going to have to make some plays. We're not going to just seed the, the, we're not going to seed the deep pass to you. Um, you know, the pass before uh, Stetson threw the first interception was a over the middle dime, right? The seam to Washington, right? So getting Washington back is, it was, is such a key thing because he is a presence as much as I, as much as I like Brock Bowers, he's just a presence. Brock, Brock Bowers not. Brock Bowers is, could be him in two years, but he's just not yet, right? So the other part about it is, was it Jackson caught that long touchdown pass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, having him back. In, and you know what? Did Fox. you see his quote? What's that? He basically pulled a, a Sam Ellinger, says, I'm back. Oh, I love it. I love it, baby. So I think we are still, we still have guys that could come back over this next month um, that are game changers. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying Pickens comes back. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, I definitely think we'll see Blaylock back. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are, those are key cogs that provide more toys for Monkey to play with and insert in situations. Um, it's not lost on me that Lad McConkey that only had one catch, right? Uh, he had he had one, right? Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, and early had, in the game, right? Four, you know, four games ago, he was he was going mm-hmm. he was going six for one twenty and two touchdowns. Um, that's because Grantham neutralized him, um, but you can't neutralize all of them if they're all on the field at the same time. Did, was there any were there any quotes pre or post game from Britton Cox? I don't know. Did I he have a good game? Yeah, he had a fine game. Um, okay. Yeah, he had. Um. Yeah, I think he had. I think he had a sack. I don't. You know, it's funny. I, it's a great question because I remember at, at the tailgate thinking, "I wonder. I wonder what kind of game Cox is going to have. What this means to him?" Because last year he had a pretty good game. He had a good they, game. They yeah. beat Georgia. Yeah. So, um, and so I think it's also interesting. My uh, my dad asked me. It's like all these guys that left Georgia. What's the deal? It's like. Well, they, they don't, weren't going to play. They don't want to rotate, right? No, they're they're going to play some, but they don't want to rotate, right? Mm-hmm. That's like hey, Jordan Davis. I was talking with somebody earlier about this. Jordan Davis has played like fifty four percent of all snaps, right? And um, there's a reason for that. It's like they're rotating them because we're coming up on a stretch run where he's going to have to be in ninety percent of the snaps. Um, and Britton Cox uh, Johnson at Florida State, 
Um, uh, who was it that said Mississippi now? Um, somebody Otis Reese. Otis, Otis Reese. Uh, the one that's at Miami now. The, the, all of them. Stevenson. Yeah, the, all of them. It's the same thing. They want to be the guy. They want to. They want to be on the field uh, for ninety-five percent of the snaps. And I, I, I have to give Georgia coaches credit for saying that's not what we are. That's not who we are. You'll you'll get to play. You'll earn your playing time, but. We don't have one starter at every position, and yeah. that is where we are. I mean, even think about the running backs. You, you know, old school thinking. It's not even really that old school. It's even now thinking. I mean, you, you t- tote the rock twenty five times, and eventually you get stronger throughout the game. Right. Not these guys. I mean, White's in there, Cooks in there, uh, Milton, McIntosh. I mean, you, poor Edwards never even gets a, a sniff at it, even though he's very good. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he. Um, how that goes for for Georgia as we get later in the season because some of these guys, I mean, some of these guys are just they're, they're so fresh because they haven't been banged up. I mean, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be so huge. I mean, McIntosh had the concussion, right? Is McIntosh had, or Milton? Milton's out. He Milton, didn't play in this. Milton game. had the concussion, right? Well, you know, five years ago or seven years ago, that would have been like, okay, we're down to one running back, right? Or, right. But now it's like. You know, Milton was the second slash third option because um, I kind of count Cook more as a receiver as a running back than a running back right now. Although he's a very good running back, um, you you would have been like, oh, freaking out a little bit here. But it's like, okay, well, it's the, it's I, the I hope he gets better. It's the depth. It's I mean, depth. it's uh, he's been able to stack classes after classes, and uh, you know, it really is something to 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 sit there if you really think about it. <laughs> You know, not only the defense. I mean, it's it's almost like none of these guys are up for awards, and the reason why is because one, they were left off the watch list as of as in Jordan Davis, but two, the fact that you know eleven guys on defense. You know, they're rotating what seventeen guys on average in there, seventeen, eighteen players coming in and out, and all of them could consider themselves potentially a first team defense player. Yeah. So one last thing about Georgia, Missouri. Um, I just took a quick look to see. Um, so you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to advanced stats. Georgia's first in FEI, which is the Freeman Efficiency Index. Georgia's uh, second in SP plus, right behind Ohio State, mainly because Ohio State has just played ridiculous offense. Uh, Georgia is first in the FPI uh, on ESPN. Uh, but looking at everybody, so somebody's like, oh, well, Missouri's had more yards per, per game, but they're gaining almost two, two uh, I'm sorry, a yard less per play um, offensively. And defensively, they're giving up 5.65. Do you know what Georgia's giving up? 3.76, which leads the nation by, um, give me one second, make sure I'm getting this right. Um, Georgia yard per play is 3.76. And that leads the nation by um, four one hundredths over uh, Wisconsin, who is right behind. And then it's a full half yard better than number three, who is uh, Cincinnati. So um, it, it's it's a hard it's it's hard to imagine a team that has played like Missouri has played. Um, who is giving up a ton of yards? It look is there is there a world where Georgia comes out and runs the ball down their throat and you know goes you know seven seven plays and sixty five yards in three minutes? 
uh, three times and it's 21 nothing, and Georgia just stays in that shell. Sure. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Georgia's going to open it up and go at him. Yeah, it's a it's a strange feeling to to think that. I mean, I have zero, and I'm not I'm not a, I'm sure I'm overconfident, but I'm I'm confident. I have zero concern that Georgia would slip up. Yeah, yeah. This uh, and before you come at me with South Carolina, this is a whole thing. Oh, it's all it's all different, whole it's different world. Not even the same. Georgia's scored three hundred three points. In all their games, this is not just including the SEC games. They've given up 53. How, how many has the defense scored? Uh, I mean, they've got three pick sixes yeah. on the season. So, 21? What? Yeah, they're responsible for 21 points, yeah. right? That's, well, at least. That's half That's half the points. Oh, and a safety. So, True. So, 23 points. They're responsible for half the points of the other team scoring. It's a 250-point differential through eight games. Missouri's point differential, you want to take a guess? Um, so, so let me say that again. Georgia's 250-plus. Point, point differential between the, the points they've scored, 303, versus the points they've given up, 53, 250, and then Missouri's point differential. I think Missouri is in the negative territory, say negative 50. Negative 10. Okay, that's better than I would have thought. So, uh, I mean, that kind of tells you right there uh, the average margin of victory for Georgia through eight games, 31 points. And that's including a 10-3 victory over Clemson. Wow. Okay, well then. The average margin of victory for Georgia in the SEC games, 32 (laughs) points. That's crazy, right? 32 points. Gosh, we're we're living in amazing times. And then for reference, 10 games through 2020 season. Including Cincinnati in the bowl game, they scored 323 points. They gave up 200. Wow! Wait a minute, we scored almost as many points this yes. year as we did last year. Through eight games, George's not very good offensively. I don't know <laughs> if you heard that. <laughs> uh, I, I got to thank Jason for that stat as well. Really, I didn't have much of uh, anything other. I've kind of I was going to save all these if we had Will here uh, for the big, you know, silly part of the podcast. But yeah. I felt like kind of working them in on this, but. Once again, Georgia, is, this will be the, the 11th meeting all-time versus Missouri. Um, Georgia has a seven-game win streak. The only game they lost was the one where Matty Mock came in for an injured James Franklin, not the coach. It was James Franklin, the or quarterback. Or the receiver. Or the, or That's Derek Mason. Sorry. Derek Mason, yeah. Well, I mean, sure there was a James Franklin. But, yeah, it was at home. I remember that day. Friends, the look on Scott's face, he was like, wait a minute, hold up. I think you're screwing with me. <laughs> But yeah, it's seven game win streak since uh, since that dark day in uh, in Athens. Hey, when... two more wins and uh, Kevin Mays can't count the high. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ready for Tennessee next. No, week. you're right. Thirty percent of Georgia's victories versus Missouri have been shutouts. Really? They shut them out in 1960 in the Orange Bowl. Okay. 2014, uh, and then 2019 they won 27 nothing. And sometimes sprinkled in there was a nine to six victory over Missouri. You, everybody remembers that. Yeah, I was, saw that <laughs> too. Mark Ricks last year, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's kind of where it stands with this matchup. It's really not much of a rivalry. It's a, it's a it's a man made uh, high level SEC made rivalry. I, I mean, I think part least of we don't it, play for a trophy like South Carolina and Missouri do. I think part of it is because. Missouri's first SEC game was against Georgia, right? Right. Uh, and that was, by the way, that was still an amazing, fun time. They were not ready. Yeah. Um, so, 
that was I will never forget Wayne and I riding around or walking around campus carrying a bottle of Maker's Mark. We literally took a bottle of Maker's Mark into our restaurant and ate uh, and drank out of the they were just not ready. But think about amazing. it though. That game was close. Jarvis yeah. Jarvis Jones took it over at the end. Yeah. But that goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. We were nervous that something bad was going to happen. We we're going to lose this upstart SEC school in the first season. Yeah, and there was no reason for that, right? Right, so, right. I mean, we're in a totally different it, place. Looking back on it, yeah. Um, so um, before we get into picks, one of the things I've got to I've got to thank the guy that sent this to me. He sent me a DM on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Jonathan Ashley. Uh, it is at jashley64. He said, an update on George's Winsipedia. He knows I like Winsipedia. That's where I get a lot of my stats. It's a great website, winsipedia.com. Uh, an update on George's Winsipedia rankings and progress that I shared with the Georgia Discord that I'm in. He must be a lot younger than us because I am I know my kids are on Discord. See, but, Jonathan, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how old he is. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not on Discord. I know what it is. I know uh, Nathan and uh, Justin have a... a, a Chapel Bell Discord. Um, anyway, super cool to watch, and I've heard uh, you talk about it before but the, on the podcast, but I thought I'd share. So what he shared was some significant, um, I guess, uh, rare air. I, that, that it's basically like a slow-moving um, record. So these are all-time wins. These are weeks in the AP poll. And Georgia is what what Jonathan was saying is and pointing out, and I'm glad he did, is that Georgia is in a unique spot right now, where this is the type of thing like, you know, like sundial type records. You know, what, you know what I'm trying to yeah, say. It's not yeah. like it, this takes a long time to happen. So when it comes to all time wins, Georgia is slowly that they're uh, they're eleventh all time right. wins with 847. Michigan has the most at 971. But if you look about it, and one thing he pointed out, Georgia's only six wins out from 10th place. Okay. And this shocked me that this team is here, but because they've been horrible for some years, Tennessee yeah. is in 10th. So Georgia's six wins behind Tennessee for 10th all-time yeah. victories. They're only nine wins behind Southern Cal. So it's not going to happen. They could, can we have six more wins? But Tennessee would have to go 0 for the season. Georgia would have to go 6. But it, it could happen next year. Well, there's... I guess we're eight no, right? So they're gosh, I hope there's seven more games. So right? Okay, so we got four regular season, an SEC, SEC championship, that's five, and then two bowl you know, and championship. So yeah, seven. Yeah. So so yeah, there's seven. So if Tennessee starts going on a big and losing two of streak, those two well, one of those we know uh they can't play in at all, right? And one of those you hope they lose to us. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, they'll they'll pick up Hopefully some more wins on that. I found that fascinating. USC's not where they were. So so technically what, what he's saying is in 2022, Georgia could vault from 11th to 10th or 9th potentially in, um, in these standings of all-time wins. Which yeah, is just, that's cool stuff, so, man. It is cool. I, I love stuff like that. It is cool. And then also when it comes to AP poll, uh, weeks at number one, and that is the thing that the the numbers been very small. I mean, we've we've been number one for what three weeks now. Yeah, um, Georgia is 18th all time, being ranked number one for a total of 19 weeks. Wow! And in three weeks' time, Georgia could pass both Pitt and Clemson, where they're standing at uh, 21 weeks. Oh wow! All time okay. at number one. Uh, if they beat Tech, if they beat Tech. Georgia could be standing in 15th place all time alone by themselves 
weeks at the AP number one. You know, it's interesting. You're talking about being number one. Um, do you remember how much we freaked out over being number one in 08? Yeah. I mean, just like, wow, number yeah. one. Yeah. Pre- preseason. pre-season but, it, what, didn't but still, it, it, it didn't feel, I think you were about to say it didn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. And we, we have put being number one in the polls on a pedestal in a weird way. If you're of a certain age, it did matter. Oh, right? sure. Maybe that's uh, why we find it so fascinating. And but like, we moved into number one. It was like, okay, we're number one. Right. Right. It was just like, it goes back to your Alabama comment. It does. It does. It's like, we're, we're doing this. It, it, we're doing this thing where we're downplaying the achievement that this team has made uh, because it's so expected and not at all shocking. Do you right. think? Do you think that's Kirby just kind of matriculating down to the fan base? Maybe, maybe. I mean, just his. I mean, listen, I love Larry Munson, but I'd be perfectly fine if I never like have existential dread about playing Richmond. I'll be fine <laughs> yeah. with that. So, because friends. I've sat in Sanford. I drove my happy ass 700 miles back from Washington, D.C. to watch us lose to Vanderbilt in homecoming 94. Yep. Let me tell you something. That is not a good place to be. Yep. And um, I sat in a golf course in Urbana, Illinois, like in tears over losing to Kentucky in 06. Um, I mean, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's real. And I'd be fine if shed that off my emotional skin. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The last, uh, the last one I wanted to point out is bowl games played. Uh, yeah, Georgia we're, we're top five in that. Yeah, right? well, top two. Georgia and Texas are tied. Okay, at second with fifty-seven each. Alabama, of course, is first. So if Texas slides and doesn't qualify, I mean, <laughs> everybody, everybody make a bowl game now. <laughs> it's hard not to make a bowl game. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's the thing. Uh, last thing before we get into the picks. Uh, Missouri or Columbia, Missouri is not very close to Athens. It is not. Can you, it's a great town though. Can you tell me how many miles within, I don't know, I'll give you 20 miles range. Oh, 20 miles or, or 50. It depends on it. Just within, see how close you can get. How many miles? All right. Let me do some math here. Okay. And then how many States you have to travel through if you were going to drive? Well, that one's easy. Okay. One, two, Technically, you do it in three, but you really need to do it in four. Okay, can you name the states? Technically, well, not technically. Okay. You could actually do it, but it's a longer drive. Okay, to, yeah, the most direct route. Well, no, the most direct route. You could get away with going through Tennessee, get away with going through to Kentucky, and then straight into Missouri. Okay. But the easiest way is you go into Tennessee, mm-hmm. back into Georgia. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> into Tennessee into Kentucky, into Illinois, mm-hmm. and then into Missouri. Right. Um, so let's see. Five hours to Nashville, hour and a half to Paducah. That's six and a half hours. Three is eight. Two and a half. So ten and a half. I would say 745 miles. Wow. Dude, if you were prices Right, I mean, you'd be winning the, the Showcase Showdown. How much Although you it? did go over, but still, I'd oh. give it to you. You went over by nine miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 736 miles <laughs> nice. from Columbia, Missouri to Athens, Georgia. Just to put it in perspective, I, I don't know if you want to guess these or if you want me to just tell you these cities, these other cities that are closer to Athens than Columbia, Missouri is. All right. So, okay. I like I mean, this. I like this. Let's, 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 play, the, let's play this no, game these a are, bit. Let's see. One, two. Okay. One is a, okay. Yeah. Just guess. All right. Like a big closer city. Miami, yeah, 
Miami is closer. Washington, D.C. Of course. Um, See how far you can get Chicago out. Is Chicago closer? Chicago's farther. Okay. Uh, well, New Orleans is closer. Yes. Um, what's the one that's closest to 736 miles? South Bend, Indiana. Oh, wow. 734 miles, according to Google. Remember, we have Georgia fans that don't think anything about driving to Columbia and thought, I'm not going to drive to South Bend. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Here's another one. 733 miles, Athens to Philly. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. How about, how about Cleveland? 703. Nice. Uh, so, then, Detroit, so, so Ann Arbor's closer. Is it? Well, it's, it's only like... You well, know, it's, yeah, it's probably a little further. It's more yeah. like 60 miles. So Yeah. Um, the other two I listed, one was uh, Key Largo, Florida. Okay. It's 740 miles. Oh, okay. So, you know, you're set way south of Miami. And then um, you can get to Texas in a shorter distance than So is Houston closer? No, uh, not by much. Yeah. But line is um, closer? Marshall, Texas, which is right inside the line. I used to have to drive to my, my, my mom's from Palestine, Texas. And so we drive Atlanta to Palestine, which you cross over from Shreveport. Marshall's the first exit. You get off there, you go through Tyler, and then you're in Palestine, which coincidentally, that's where Adrian Peterson, the Oklahoma running back, not the Georgia Southern running back, is from. He's from Palestine, Texas, which is where I think I picked I him up today. I think Tennessee signed him. Huh? I think I picked him up today. Tennessee oh, signed him. Really? After Derrick Henry got hurt. Man, everybody's getting hurt. Yeah, Walker so. was almost in tears last week because he couldn't pick anybody up for the team because all of our guys are injured. Yeah. Anyway. Man, it sucks. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not a very close <laughs> trip. I was thinking, like, is it closer well, than Fayetteville, Arkansas? So, no. so a good question is, is Austin, Texas further away? Is our conversation yeah. Austin further away? Yes. I don't think Norman is. Is it? Further away than Missouri? Than Absolutely. Columbia. You think so? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I would think so. And I'm not going to look it up, but I'm, I'm driven to I'm driven through Oklahoma. Um, it's got to be probably like 800-something miles, I would guess, to like Norman or something like that. While you while you look that up, I'm gonna get the picks ready, and then we'll also pick who we think Will will pick. Oh, nice! So the first game, and whenever you find that distance to Norman, you can just shout it out. Oh, it's a lot further than I've given it credit for. It's 943 miles. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Speaking of Texas, uh, the first game here is against uh, with, with the Roadrunners of UTSA, UTSA. versus. Meep, meep. Uh, UTEP. Yeah, so this is a this undefeated team versus a one loss team. Very good, very good matchup. Um, I'm going to pick UTSA, and I know Will would have. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Roadrunners. Their helmet is really awesome with that bird. Yeah, I mean it doesn't look like the Coyote versus Roadrunner bird, but I mean that's a cartoon. This is a real life markup. I mean, so it's Auburn, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got uh, Michigan State with. Uh, I mean, my son Walker has a new favorite running back. It's Walker, I don't know his first name, but I watched him run Kenneth, for like I think. five Kenneth, touchdowns the third, against Michigan. The third. That guy's awesome. Yeah. He's, um, he's going to keep our man Jordan Davis out of the Heisman conversation, though. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? I'm fine with that because I'm tired of these ESPN guys like trying to tell Caleb Williams for Oklahoma. He's played three games. Yeah. Hey, by the way, our friend Julie Moon has some uh, Jordan Davis for Heisman buttons. If you need one, hook her up. I would totally like Hit one. Julie, if you're listening to this, I would love to have a Jordan Davis for Heisman button. Uh, Penn State. Oh, do we pick Michigan State? Yeah, yeah, Michigan pick. State. What would Will pick? 
Who are they, who are they playing? Purdue. Michigan State. Yeah, he would. Although the reason I put that on there is Michigan State's only like a three-and-a-half-point favorite they on are. the road. That's crazy. And Purdue wrecked Iowa's season. Yeah, but Purdue, Iowa turned the ball over 19 times or something. But Michigan State fans are nervous about this game, whereas we're not nervous about yeah, well, games yeah. like this. Penn State at Maryland. This is another crazy – this is an old-school – like back in the day, rivalry game. I'm picking Penn State, but it's got some. Dude, they've uh, lost three in a row. It's got some shop wrecking uh, potential. Yeah, yeah. Maryland just got off of their three three loss streak, and Penn State's currently on a three loss streak. Uh, Illinois broke them, I guess you could say. Noted uh, big Big Ten. Uh, noted Big Ten expert Will would pick Maryland. Really? Probably. Yeah. I'm going to pick Penn State. Um, then my favorite team that's in the ACC right now is Wake Forest. I hope they run the table. They're playing at North Carolina. North Carolina's favored. North Carolina's 4-4. Four and four. Wake Forest is undefeated. They've found weird ways to win. They're really good on offense. Um, I, I think that – and another thing, and I know they don't listen to this podcast, but I've befriended a lot of the creative staff that uh, works on the Wake Forest games on Twitter. Um, they, they do an excellent job. On, it's very similar, very same quality that you see with the Georgia sports uh, media group do. So uh, I kind of I, I messaged with them a couple times, and I've told them, I was like, I hope we see you in the college football playoff, almost like a pat on the head. But still, so precious. I'm a fan of theirs, so yeah. I'm going to pick Wake. Uh, I will pick Wake Forest, but Will, because he's media and really, really is trying to ruin North Carolina's season, uh, picks North Carolina. You mean Wake season? Oh, Wake season. Yeah. No, he's trying. He's media trying to ruin Wake season. Or well, what? no, I don't. You didn't see the quote by Mac Mac Brown. No, he blamed the media for like over hyping them recently. Um, it's like when they when they lost their third game or something. He uh, he, Mac Brown made some comment to the effect of like. I don't know. I guess the media, you know, y'all the ones that said we were going to be this <laughs> he good. He used to so be the fault. media. He had to catch a plane, though. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell that story real quick? Yeah. I don't remember what the game was. And I'm trying to remember who, <laughs> maybe Derry Nowick or – no, it was um, – oh, gosh, I, can th- I can't think of his name. I mean, um, y'all are screaming at your podcast machine. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, he literally – Mac Brown literally He's got up. He's doing the color analysis. He's doing the color on uh, a West Coast game. Literally got up from the booth and left to go catch his plane. He's like, come on, Mac. <laughs> Mr. Professional here. Uh, all right. And then uh, this, is, this is a tough – this is not where Lane wanted to be. Um, losing to Auburn, going – how many times did he go for it on fourth down? All the times. <laughs> I don't know if you saw SEC yeah. shorts, but yeah. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. hit that perfectly. I mean, to be fair, Mac Rowell broke his leg yeah. or something. Well, they shot it up with cortisone, and it's, it feels terrible today. It felt fine on Saturday. <laughs> Dude, I don't mean to laugh. Yeah, that's, just, that's a thing. Uh, Liberty heads to Oxford. If if they have a healthy Matt Corral, I, I have a feeling that Lane will score all the points on Malzahn. Um, I mean, Hugh Freeze. I mean, they're not the same person. No, maybe, uh, I've never well, seen no, one too. of them used a burner phone to call hookers. Right. Uh, allegedly. And, um, <laughs> by the way, that's not Hugh Freeze. Um, I, I'm going to pick Mississippi. Yeah. I'm, and I think that's who Will would That pick. Will would pick. Because he would say that Will Haraway, uh, his yeah. friend Will, who's yeah. Cardinals and old. plus he he hates Liberty more than and I yeah yeah oh yeah of course and I've met Will Haraway and so uh, I, w- I will pick the Rebels as well. Uh, Staying in Mississippi will not really because it's in Arkansas, but Mississippi State Mike Leach has got things going 
Arkansas got over their three-game losing streak a couple weeks ago. I, I, I mean, I think the I think the the Bizarro Bulldogs are coming around to playing traditional Mike Le- Mike Leach football. I'd say look out for them next year, but I think they get the win in Fayetteville. Um, we've seen this. They play well. They play well. They play well. They crap the bed. <laughs> give me Arkansas. Okay. I think Will would take Arkansas. Oh, yeah, he would. He would. Uh, Florida at South Carolina. Two, a matchup of four and four teams. The line on this is uh, the Gators by almost 20 points. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Florida wins. I think I think Dan Mullen's going to make a point, but um, regretfully, he's still going to make some dumbass comment in the. Uh, not regretfully, excellently. He right. will make a dumbass comment in the postgame press conference. Right. I agree. I think Florida will win this game. Um, and, and Todd Grantham gets fired after the game. You think so? No. No. Oh. I mean, I, ho- I hope not. Yeah, why? Well, I hope they keep Mullen in. I was mad that Auburn fired Malzahn. I mean, but yes. I'm fine with Reverend Har- Harson. Also, I'm fine with yeah. him. Uh, all right, and, and Will would pick Florida. He would. Uh, LSU at Alabama, four and four LSU. I mean, I mean this is kind of a no brainer. This is going to be my number one confidence pick, actually. Yeah, probably. Uh, and Will would take Alabama. Yeah. So. Auburn at Texas A&M. This is the 330 game. This is what we were talking about earlier where it had Auburn lost to Ole Miss. This probably would be LSU-Alabama, and Georgia would have been the night game. But since they won, this is 330, and LSU and Alabama is the night game. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as Will, not using his accent and intonation, but I'm going to use his words. Um, that win against Mississippi was a platonic ideal win for – Auburn, uh, they had a good game state, and and good Bo Nix showed up, and then uh, Ole Miss reverted to their their worst inner demons and allowed uh, Auburn to keep that game state going. Um, I'm going to pick Texas A&M. He would say, "I'm going to pick." That's yes. how he did. Yes, and Tony <laughs> also picks Texas A&M. <laughs> I picked Texas A&M as well. Uh, then our Georgia's opponent next week, Tennessee goes to Kentucky. Kentucky blew it basically, or you know maybe Mike Leach had, that was the all part of the plan. Um, but I think uh, I don't think Tennessee's good at all. I think, and I, I'm fine with that. And I think Kentucky Kentucky ha- will have it in for them. The spread's two and a half. I think Kentucky wins easily over the Vols. Yeah, I just they have Tennessee's just scored points at will sometimes, and um, if it were if they had not lost the way they lost last week to to Mississippi State where they just it looked like they looked lost in coverage and just couldn't do anything with that offense I would have been like I'd lean far more towards you I just not sure it's going to go that way and I think it's Tennessee um I think Will picks Kentucky though you do <laughs> yeah okay um all right and then the game of the week for us uh starting at noon I got to be honest with you now that it's been set for noon I've been able to plan my day I'm not mad at it um, yeah, I'm know, resolved. I mean, resolved. I'm I'm fine because there's plenty of of good games. Because here's what here's what happens to me as the season after we get past Florida. You know, I realize the season's getting shorter. You know, I wait all year for it to start, and it's you know creeping up. So the fact that I get to watch Texas A&M and Auburn and in its entirety, or almost its entirety, and then LSU Alabama, and then whatever else I tend to to, to flip to. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with it, but that's just me. Um, when it comes down to this game, I think, I think it kind of, 
I mentioned earlier with the the point differential. I mean, if you really do study those numbers, it's shocking uh, based on historical of where Georgia is usually in the plus side, but it's not not nearly that close. Uh, it, it, the defense is. I mean, we've never seen anything like this before. They're fun. You almost root for them to be on the field because you know something good is going to happen. They're exciting. They're opportunistic. That part where, um, not N'Kobe Dean, um, Nolan Smith just ripped that ball out. And you could see what was happening. And you're like, he's so strong, he actually got it. That guy had a death grip on the ball, and he still got it out. I would expect to see very opportunistic defense on this. I hope that they get the ball first and then we get the ball in the second half so we can have that scoring at the end of the second quarter and then get the ball again in the third to really kind of put it away. But, you know, it's a name your score, in my opinion. It's whatever Kirby wants to do. I think you'll see some JT Daniels. I hope that he gets in there and and slings it around, goes maybe 11 for 15 um, I would like to continue to see Stetson um, do the RPO and, and pull it out and, and run. I'd like to see a little bit more Lad McConkey back. I think he's kind of a he's a potential fan favorite in in the making. Um, and and also, if y'all didn't see that uh, that piece that Marty Smith did on uh, Zamir White last week about it, him growing up with the cleft palate and uh, about just his attitude. If you have kids playing sports, you need to let them see that because it just shows a will to to keep fighting no matter what circumstance, what problematic circum- circumstances you might face. Name your score on this. The spread's 39 and a half. So I'll, I'll bite. I'm going to say Georgia 45, Missouri 3. Yeah, you know, when I look at this game, um, I, I, I agree that's a name your score situation. And, and the reality is, is like at this point, I don't really care what the noise is if Georgia only wins by 20. Um, because it, we are now to the literally to the point of just just win in advance. Um, I think Georgia will do more than that. They have shown a propensity to put away teams that are inferior to them, uh, with the exception of the Clemson game. And I think there were specific reasons why they didn't in that game. Uh, offensive reasons. Um, those offensive reasons are gone. Um, I, I, I think Stetson starts. I think we probably see some deep stats and shots to mm-hmm. give him some confidence back in his deep passes after what happened. Uh, specifically with the second, I, I'm willing to forgive him on the first interception because he The second had, one was, was the, worse. The second was far worse. Um, and, and plus he had he did have a beautiful dime to Jackson there in, in between. Um, I also think we see, uh, we see JT Daniels come in and do some things. Um, Scott, you talked about the the breakaway runs. I think we see at least one of those, maybe two. And um, all that totals up to um, Georgia really putting it on Missouri. I, I think I think right now, at what I say, the implied score was 49-10 or something like that. That's the implied underscore uh, and under and no cover. Uh, so um, – I I think it's I'm perfectly fine saying yeah, the the over is in doubt, but um, Georgia covers pretty easy. Uh, I I'm, I'm not willing to say the same thing. Forty five three. I mean, I could see Georgia scoring above fifty uh, if they do. And if you bet the you bet the under, I'm sorry, this is the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Missouri gets points. I, every game I go into this thinking somebody's going to get some points, just because you're always going to. Keeping people out of the end zone is a really tough thing, even in the power, even against teams like Missouri. Um, but if 
we blanked them like we blanked Missouri. I mean, blanked Vanderbilt. That's going to be a very fun afternoon. Oh, yeah. And so, Will, what do you think he does? you think he riversides us and goes like a win but don't cover, or do you think he follows <laughs> suit? Yeah, no. Will has shown a propensity to – to guess low on scores, lower than me. Sure. Uh, I came in thinking something along the lines of 49-10. <laughs> Actually, 49-9 is what I was thinking. Um, and I, the more I think about it, the more I realize that points are going to be such a premium for Missouri that I can't I can't go to more than three. I guess I guess I could be provocative and say 48-6, but um, I think Will would be in the neighborhood of the upper 30s in, uh, you know, three, six, somewhere in there. So maybe we're, but we're all three agreeing that they don't get an end zone. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, maybe a busted coverage gets them in there. Yeah, I mean, look, Basilak can throw the ball around a little bit. Tyler Batty is uh, good enough to break out a run if we don't play disciplined. Problem is, we've not. I mean, you're counting on two people. You're counting on more than two people to miss tackles if you have a breakaway run, and that George hasn't done that yet. I agree. And then, real quick before we end. World Series Game Six is tomorrow. Uh-huh. I know I was uh, I was crushed last night after Duvall hit the the, the grand slam. It, my uncle lives in Houston, huge yeah. Astros fan. We were texting, and after he hit the grand slam, he's like, "It's over." This and that. I texted him back. I was like, "Nah, Astros are going to come back and make it a game." You know, and I didn't say I didn't I didn't think they were going to win. But uh, how do you feel about Game Six? So, kind of lost in all this is how good of a team Houston is. Absolutely. Um, I am the, the 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 most interesting thing about the World Series and the way baseball playoff works is that you have to be consistently good over a span of time because so a lot of people want to bring up I sorry if this harms you but this is one of people that bring up Falcon Super Bowl right that's a I mean literally that's a bad quarter and a half of football Right. Mm-hmm. In order for Atlanta to lose two games in a row, when they haven't done yet this yet in the playoffs, um, they have to have two bad games in a row, and I just don't see it happening. Now, are they going to make us wait till Wednesday night and like lose even more sleep? That's a possibility. Um, just like their chances tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, this is a team. Uh, we we talk about teams of destiny. Uh, and when Swanson hit that home run Saturday night, it was like, holy, holy shit, they're going to win the World Series, yeah. right? Uh, and you felt it, I felt it, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind about that. And that's so Braves and six, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, it's. Uh, I need to sleep. Yeah, I've been wearing uh, uh, Chase Kelly's shirt, seven uh, six apparel. It feels like ninety five. Yeah, I've been wearing that. I think multiple days my wife's like, hey, you want me to watch that for you? Nope. Like, no, I'm good. Not even a little bit. I uh, wore it last night for Halloween, and people were saying, what are you? And I was like, I'm a... I'm Braves a, fan. I'm, well, I'm a you know a Braves fan that's, uh, you know, however my emotions damaged. are. Yeah, damaged <laughs> Braves fan would have been better. Um, I had her draw a teardrop on my uh, my eye, and then I forgot, you know... Yeah, it's also, thinking, it's, it shows you committed a murder. Right. right? And yeah. see, I was thinking, I showed her the picture of, like, uh, Steven Tyler from Ragdoll's video, oh, yeah. you know, where he had that, but I guess, you know, I, I didn't put that together, and then everybody I saw was like, oh, oh fresh hey. out, huh? Fresh out, you know, huh? I'm like, uh, that, uh, yeah. No, I'm just an emotional Braves fan. It didn't really work, but... It yeah. looked pretty cool. In hey, fact, I'm, I met one guy that thought that was like a real tattoo. I'm wearing my old school Braves hat. Uh, it's a replica of the first hat I ever had. I slept with that hat. Uh, and it's a hat uh, I got the night that Hank Aaron broke the the home run record. So um, it's a uh, 
It's, it's I wasn't good, alive. It's man. a good omen. Thank you for bringing my that up. My dad was at that game. He did my, not run out on the field. My dad my dad tells me I was too, and I don't remember it, so I have to trust him. Yeah. Well, yeah. We lived, sure. you know, we've, there's uh, probably 150,000 people. Several hundred thousand people were that say game. That we're yeah. at that game. Um, Either way, I remember it in my mind's eye, so yeah. that's why it counts. Yeah, I think the Braves, uh, you know, if, look, Freed's had two horrible outings in a row, one in LA, one in Houston. I just don't see him having a third in a row. He's been money all season. He was one of the best pitchers in the National League. He can hit. That was one of the one bad things. I uh, felt like we we kind of had the – weirdly where the Astros had the advantage on the pitchers hitting in Atlanta with Grinky. Yeah, Grinky. Um, but, that, guy. that guy. Yeah, but I'm glad. I, I like the DH. Um, I like the fact that Soler and Jock will both be in the lineup. Um, so I, I kind of with you. Um, it's that guy that does the rock the baby that's pitching for the Astros, you know, with that weird wind up. Where oh, not Curdy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a rookie. Yeah, he takes 17 seconds to throw 17 a pitch. steps. Yeah. It's like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that he's pitching, so they touched yeah, him. Yeah, he makes no more Garcia Parga. Like, come on, just throw the ball, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I think, I think Braves and six, and if, if they go to a seventh, well. We're all in a in a particular place of mind that we don't want to enter into, and um, gosh, I mean, if they make us wait till the ninth inning of uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, I can handle it. I think just win it, just it's win just it. A, That's all I'm asking. Just win it. That's all I'm asking. So, all right. Well, Georgia, Missouri, noon, and uh, thank you very much. Sorry, Will's not with us, but uh, he will be back on the Sunday. Again, I'll Sunday. He and I'll be there Sunday. Yeah. And um, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast for both platforms. We'll be back on Sunday with the Georgia-Missouri postgame show. And until next time, we'll see you on campus. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.